0: Hey everyone, I'm Adela. I'm the founder of Podcast Brunch Club, and we will be joined by Sarah DeSilva, the co-host and founder of Audible Feast. Today we're going to be discussing the Podcast Brunch Club playlist on Common Ground, which you can find at podcastbrunchclub.com/slash common ground. This podcast playlist was curated for us by Christine, a member of our Houston chapter. She included three episodes the Spin episode on African fashion and how fashion can be used to bridge gaps, an episode from Conversations with People Who Hate Me on embodying stereotypes, and an episode from Our Americana about a small town in rural Kansas that, after a devastating tornado hits, decides to rebuild their city as a green city. As usual in the first segment, we do some in-the-moment commentary about this month's playlist, and in the next segment, Sarah and I do what we do at almost every Podcast Brunch Club meeting. We talk about what we're listening to lately, and today we'll talk about comedy podcasts. I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hi, this is Christine Hollins from the Houston chapter of the podcast Brunch Club and the curator of the May 2018 listening list, Common Ground. I'm gonna just begin with a few comments about what Common Ground means to me. And I'm borrowing these words from a keynote speech that I actually heard at an oil and gas conference recently. We're all humans. And as humans, we have tribal opinions based on our worldview. We all innately think our perspective is correct and anyone challenging it is obviously wrong. When confronted with something different, we respond emotionally. So the question is, how can we overcome that? One way might lie in becoming a student and becoming curious. Building relationships with those with a different worldview might just help us. Common Ground is something that is sort of near and dear to my heart. It is something that has been instilled in me um, from a young age, and I decided to choose some podcasts that Featured conversations which might help us better understand the reason for pursuing common
2: ground. So, here we go. I'm Esther Armar. Welcome. You're listening to The Spin. Because I think that when it comes to enslavement and colonialism, I would say there are two wounds with enslavement. There is the stayed and the stolen. So if we consider ourselves a global black family, the stolen was a trauma and is a trauma and the stayed was a trauma and is a trauma. And neither of those are healed through the methods we're adopting right now. And what we are actually doing is interrupting our connection with narratives that belong to those who did the stealing. So it doesn't serve us.
1: In the Spin Fashion Forum, they have a conversation about fashion as a bridge in the African diaspora. A few things struck me as part of this conversation. Around minute 24, they start talking about the impact of colonialism, specifically the stayed versus the stolen. For much of my life as an American, a black female American, I've heard so much about the stolen which, if you haven't figured it out by now, is slavery. But it never occurred to me to consider the impact on those who were left behind on the continent. And we in the diaspora have spent so much time comparing our traumas, or hierarchy of oppression, as the host mentions, that we've continued to be divided and unconsciously supporting the narrative of those who helped enable the stealing off of the continent. One of the best things about this episode was the host and the guest interactions and talking about if we could have just some more of these conversations about the mutual trauma that was faced by both parties, where actually could we be now? And is fashion the way where we can start finding common ground to deal with that trauma of our shared history and build a bridge? Instead of accusing each other of appropriating someone's culture or that's your culture and not my culture, is there a way that we can just be unified and be together as people acknowledging the differences where our history split and then being able to come back together and work work collectively as a people?
2: Can African-Americans appropriate culture style from Africa? Or should we be talking connection narratives rather than appropriation ones? Is it past time we put this appropriation conversation to bed? Or must we engage in dissecting the deeper issues that the accusations reveal? So let's talk appropriation, culture, trauma, reimagining tradition, and generational style inheritance.
0: So I really appreciated the inclusion of the spin episode in this month's playlist. As an American, the schism between African Americans and white Americans is just such a huge part of the daily conversation. And it's really something I think about a lot, but I really hadn't given any thought or consideration to the division that is between Africans and African Americans. And to be honest, my I was really surprised actually to hear that, that American, African Americans had been called out for appropriating fashion um, from Africa. I don't know, that was really a surprise to me, but um, the conversation was really fascinating and I really loved what they had to say about how Africans both on the continent and in the diaspora can be brought together by fashion and while until now they've been sort of bound by this shared trauma that things like fashion and Afropunk can bind them in a more positive way and how it's just such a cool thing that despite the trauma they're still able to point to these things and say look at all this amazing cool stuff that we created despite the trauma that we've experienced and we've been able to preserve our heritage and create beauty and that beauty despite despair and despite trauma so I really appreciated that perspective. And, you know, the whole conversation really opened my eyes to how much common ground we all have to strive for, both within groups and between groups.
3: I love this idea that just having a fashion week, an African fashion week, is a way to build common ground, to get people to talk about why they're different, what their, what their similarities are, and it's all under this kind of, you know neutral, very positive umbrella of being about fashion. I love that.:
4: Hey, I'm Dylan Marin, and this is Conversations with People Who Hate Me," the show where I call up some of the folks who have written negative or hateful things about me on the Internet. I am a very effeminate, high voice gay guy, but I also don't see many people like me represented in media, and I want to make media that I don't see happening. I, I wanted to make a podcast that did have two people's different opinions, but it wasn't this, like, yelling, screaming debate match, which, right. as you know, that's, that's not what this is. Um,
5: and I, I applaud the fact that you do that. Mm-hmm. We as a people are all very, everyone's complicated. Everybody, when you sit down and you talk to them, you find out that they're not as two-dimensional as you would think.
1: In conversations with people who hate me, the episode name was Sissies and Flaming Queens. I'll admit that I was a little scared to listen to it based on the title alone, because those terms, sissies and flaming queens, are often construed as derogatory comments. But the best thing about this episode to me was that there was a conversation between two gay men who had polar opposite worldviews, and they actually ended up learning something from one another. It reminded me that just because there's some shared trait or orientation, it doesn't mean that everyone has the same lens. And the one thing that I loved about listening to episodes of conversations with people who hate me is the tagline at the end, remembering that there's a human on the other side. One of the things in this age of social media that has brought the world more together is that we open ourselves up or people take liberty to anonymously or seemingly anonymously leave hateful comments and memes and other things just to infuriate and incite riots. And we often forget that there's a human being who's reading that and might internalize it and might have some emotional response to it. So. I love that tagline as part of conversations with people with people who hate me, that there is a human on the other end.
4: And, and maybe this is because I'm a coastal liberal living in a little echo chamber, but um, this is how I speak. This is how I act. I'm not going to try and act um, in a way that society tells me is manlier because that's just not who I am. Um, and yeah, I kind of just wanted to say that out loud to say that it wasn't like I was like, ooh, there's a stereotype. I want to fill that stereotype because that's who I am. You know what I mean?
5: Oh, no, totally understand. And, okay. Even though you know, like you started, you've always talked that way, you've always acted that way, but the unfortunate part is it does fit into the stereotype.
3: I just heard the comment about society encouraging boys or men to act more masculine and I thought that was like really insightful I never really thought about that before I have two young boys and well I'm not a man so I've never really thought about society kind of like imposing a certain need to be masculine on kids and uh, growing adolescents um i f- I guess I've thought a lot about it for women, but i never really thought about it for boys and men. But now I'm really going to be conscious of it, just having heard that comment. I'm really going to think about that with my boys. So in conversations
0: with people who hate me, the guest is talking about how he's frustrated that people have stereotypes about gay people. And he was mad at Dylan for sort of embodying that stereotype. And I just, it strikes me how unfair that feels because he's blaming the person who actually embodies the stereotype and not the people who have the stereotype. And I just find that his frustration is put on the wrong person.
5: I mean, if me and you were best friends, I'd still tell you you're damn Flaming
4: Queen. I'm a Flaming Queen. And I would tell you right back, I (laughs) am a Flaming Queen. In and fact, you probably call me a, a redneck flag. You know. I, so the thing is, I actually, I don't think I would. And maybe it's because I'm a helplessly politically correct uh, liberal coastal yeah. bubble person.
5: I, I'm, I'm not very politically
4: correct. But that's okay. And look at us. We're on the phone together. I try to be politically correct. Maybe you don't. And here we are just living our best lives. A flaming queen I, and no. a redneck together. <laughs>
5: you can be truthful and be tactful. And unfortunately in my comment, I was not exactly tactful.
0: The more I'm listening to the guest's story about his upbringing, and I think about his gripes about Dylan and his voice and mannerisms that he doesn't like, I just can't help but think how hypocritical it feels because this guy is talking about a story that is actually his life that kind of feeds into a lot of stereotypes i think most people would have about people in the south and the the fact of the matter is this actually happened to him it's not something he's making up it's not an upbringing he's making up and it similarly to dylan and his voice This is not something that he made up. It's not something, as Dylan explained, that he saw on television and decided to mimic because he wanted to identify with those people. So I just still find it so incredibly hypocritical. This guy seems to at least have some self-awareness, and I think he's backpedaling a little bit. I haven't listened to the entire episode yet, but it just strikes me as amazing that this guy, who kind of has his own stereotypes that he's living and breathing every day, um, is mad at somebody else for living and breathing their own truth that happens to
4: coincide with a
0: stereotype.
4: This is an Our Americana Podcast Network production. What happened next would probably surprise people, but this little rural dot in the middle of a deep red Kansas, amid the destruction, decided to rebuild as a green city. So even if there was people that
5: thought they weren't part of the movement, they actually were. You make a business case for it. And the business case is I'm gonna lower my energy costs And at the same time, maintain property valuation of good, strong structures. So in that whole process, it's about a business case, and that's what people made. They built as green as they could with the green they had available.
4: So going back to that tent, which I think for all intents and purposes kind of became your community center, the tornado and the rebuild put you in a unique position of giving your community such a profound and active voice in the rebuilding of their town.
1: In listening to our Americana about Greensburg, Kansas, a town that was devastated by a tornado, for me the best moment was when the host seemed a little caught off guard that this red, red political state, and red according to the American political system, had gone green. And that's something that's traditionally associated with the left. And the mayor who was talking in the conversation, he started talking about how his community of Greensburg that had been devastated where all the buildings had been torn down or not even torn down, destroyed by this tornado, had started to come together as a community after this devastation. They allowed people to go green within their own budgets. It was part of their healing process. And he said some a couple of things, that it was part of their healing process. They were able to gather and reason together based on their character, values, and morals. And it was not a plan from the outside. This was something that the community decided.
3: Every time I listen to Our Americana, any episode, I think about this topic for this month, Common Ground. That every episode is about how a community is coming together to do something that's right for the community that helps people in the community sometimes it's something funny light but in this case and in others it's really something heavy and you just it just shows how people care about the place that they live and how that can transcend any partisanship that may exist and i really love that idea
5: the problem that we've had is we've tried to make it politics and It ends up as a political football that's kicked from one end of the field to the other. But nothing's ever done about the environment. We choose up sides. We call one side deniers and we call the other side extremists. We don't find common ground for an honest, open dialogue to come together for real solutions to real problems. And I think that that's what we have to do. Is everybody going to be happy? Not everybody in Greensburg was happy the direction we took, but by coming to a consensus and talking about it and listening to all voices and understanding that the most important thing in any conversation is you have to listen.
1: And I think that this is really, really important because too often like we polarize everything by it has to be this political thing or if you're this you must believe that and we don't let people kind of embrace their natural values or even find other people who have like minded or if we do we condemn them because their worldview is not the same as our worldview but i think the example of greensburg kansas is just a great example of how people, when there's not a specific mandate, are able to come together as a community, not a political party, but as a community, that's people talking with people and come to some common ground to be able to build and make their society better. And the thing that I take away from this is that we can only truly become a community if we're talking and not just talking. If we're also, we have to listen to one another. If we cannot talk and listen to one another, we can't become a community. And if we can't become a community, we're going to have a harder time solving some of the social injustices, political injustices, and other things that divide us on a day-to-day basis. Those are my thoughts. Thank you so much for listening to this month's podcast episode list and have a great day.
3: Hey guys, this is Sarah from Audible Feast. We hope you enjoyed our in-the-moment comments about this month's playlist on Common Ground. I'm here with Adela now, and we're going to talk a little bit, just briefly about the playlist one more time. And then um, we have a, a tangent as usual. Um, so as a reminder, the three podcasts that we listened to this month, the episodes we listened to were from the spin conversations with people who hate me and from our Americana. So I really liked this playlist a lot. And Adele, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about these episodes? What did you think about the theme of common ground in particular?
0: Yeah, I mean I love the theme. It was um Christine's idea and Chris you know Christine, she's part of the Houston chapter. Yep, she's your friend. She's a very isn't good she? friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's the one that went with you to the first the first ever yes meeting, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I loved it and it's such a, it's it's so true, you know, there's so many things that divide us and I love the idea of finding finding common ground, you know, it's a perfect Perfect name for the theme. And I think she did a really good job choosing the episodes. I mean, it gave a really good overall view. You know, you've got the troll people, you've got the sort of the rural group and like, the small town group. And then I was really surprised. I mean, I added this in my commentary about hearing about the sort of div- divisions and divisiveness between Africans on the continent and African Americans that was pretty surprising and eye opening to me. So I really appreciated all of the episodes. How about you? Yeah, it
3: was it was good. I really liked the list a lot too. And I had listened to Our Americana before, but I hadn't listened to the other two. So that's always awesome. I always love I mean, I listen to so many things. So I always I almost always there's at least one thing that I've I've heard of before. I, my subscription list is 533 podcasts right now. Um, so usually I have heard of some or whatever, but, and I had heard of conversations with people who hate me, but I don't know what it was at the time that I, I didn't listen to it. I I think, I don't know, maybe it's just the idea that the word hate was in there. I think I said that in my commentary, I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm I'm not, I don't know if I'm, I, I want something more uplifting. Um, but it it was you know so yeah. um i don't know i i really enjoyed it too and knowing Christine, um this is so her i really i i love that that this is somebody's passion to put together a playlist like this so
0: yeah it's like the like back in the old olden days when we used to give each other mixtapes
3: <laughs> yeah exactly totally and yeah act speaking of that too she um said she told me that she really loved the pl- uh, spotify playlist that dj um oh yeah, Camila. Yeah. DJ Rugged Angel. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she said that was like really cool. So, yeah, so definitely check that out too on the on the Podcast Brunch Club website <clears throat> in each of the uh, each of the playlists for each month at the at the end of the playlist there's a Spotify playlist. So if you didn't know that, it's very awesome. Good chance to get exposed to new stuff too.
0: Yeah, new music. It's just fun to take a break sometimes from the podcasts.
3: Yeah. So as we do every month, we always diverge from podcast (laughs) run to go playlist to talk about something else we've been passionate about lately. So um, this month I was thinking we could talk a little bit about comedy podcasts because Adela and I talk about this. Oh, so frequently that we cannot seem to find good, funny podcasts. And it's like this like unending quest to find something mm-hmm. that's funny. I mean, I know that comedy is so subjective and, yeah. you know, one person's style of comedy may be like totally offensive to someone else. Um, right. So that's part of the problem. But I feel like in comedy podcasts, it's, I don't know, I don't know if I feel maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, there's just a lot, to me, it's problematic. So I want to say there's a couple things that really annoy me in comedy podcasts. Number one is if it's too long. Some of them are like two hours. Or oh my gosh, like I I think the things that I think work really well in a comedy podcast. On this note, are like two dope queens. I really like two dope queens because the segments are short. They usually feature you know three or four comedians, funny people, whoever, and it's not like 40 minutes of one person doing a whole like stand-up routine. It's just mm-hmm. a, a short little clip. Um, but it's enough to kind of give you a flavor of what that person's all about. I think that they do a good job with the length of the segments.
0: You know, it's funny as you're talking about this. I was thinking about how I just recently saw on the podcasts. We listen to Facebook group that somebody, somebody posted a question like, are there any comedy podcasts that are actually funny? (laughs) And and there were like 288 comments or something. And it's just so funny because I sort of have the same question oftentimes, but I I can't ask it because I just know that my sense of humor is so different than most. And most of the, the podcasts that most people find funny. I don't know. Even sometimes even podcasts where they're not supposed to be funny, like sometimes The Moth, for example, which is a storytelling podcast, some of the stories are hilarious and I can I can laugh out loud. But sometimes the stories are not funny. They're actually pretty serious, but they're sort of putting a comedic spin on it and I can hear the audience laughing. And I'm like wide-eyed I'm like why are you laughing this is not funny this makes me so sad and um it's similar to you know um David Sedaris yes Mm -hmm. so his comedy and his books just sort of its the same thing I find them more sad than funny I know that he's trying to make light I guess out of darkness but I just I can't I can't laugh at things that I find really sad at the heart of them
3: yeah, no, I, t- I, un- I understand. And I guess, yeah, it is like everyone, what everyone thinks is funny. I'm sure it has so much to do with our, our childhoods, but. um, yeah. So what else, so, what other tips do you have? Well, I think with comedy podcasts, what I feel like I want to say is it's really hard to appeal to a broad audience. Right. I think that what some of the ones have done that are really successful that other than the one I mentioned already, other than Two Dope Queens. I mean, they're doing a live show. I think that is tricky, but it's good. Mm -hmm. I think that the thing with comedy podcasts is all you have is audio. You don't have any visual cues. You know, there's there's no physical comedy that can happen. And maybe that's something that I guess appeals to me more is the sort of slapsticky, like, you know.
0: Or even expressions people make.
3: Yeah, um yeah, expressions and and just yeah, just seeing like I love Anthony Jezelnik. and I can't even picture what he would be like on a podcast because his comedy is so much like it's very very dry. It's dark and but it's it's about his facial delivery of a lot of the things yeah. that he's talking about. It's so funny, but that would be it wouldn't translate to a podcast. So, right. I think that's maybe where some people struggle is just it doesn't translate, but, um, and I think the comedy podcast genre lends itself to, Hey, me and my friend think that we're really funny. And so let's make a podcast
0: of just us talking to each other and yeah. To be funny. Yeah. I agree. I don't love those.
3: Yeah. And I don't know very many people that do. I mean, I feel like everybody yeah. I know is like, uh, yeah, that's, I, I don't. Think that's but even funny. sometimes
0: the ones that are like interview based that aren't just two, you know, a bunch of guys hanging out on their couch and recording their conversation but even some of the ones that are you know a comedian interviewing another comedian i sometimes i don't know it's just two people talking still it's not yeah often funny i yeah.
3: i do think i maybe this is telling about me i really like silly things like i really like i like silly like not like dad so heavy jokes? Yeah. Or yeah. Or like, yeah. Um, like my dad wrote a porno I think is hilarious. It's so silly even. Uh, so I just started listening to, can I pet your dog? Um, it's kind of about dogs, but it's also just like the, the two, the two hosts, they definitely have a lot of chemistry and they are funny just what they're talking about. And I've been listening to, um, why won't you date me? Um, that one is funny. That one. That one is um, Nicole Byer. She's the host of Nailed It, the show on Netflix about I think I don't know if it's just about making cakes, but it's like Pinterest fails, Um, and she brings on fellow comedians to talk about why would they date her or not and why and um, it's just like very silly. It's very raunchy and I I like that. So I don't know. It's just the silly I think is what makes me actually relax and like feel like I'm listening to something really funny.
0: Well, I think it's really important. I don't know, for me at least, I like the funny podcasts that have a premise. You know, so it sounds like that one does. You know, they're just on the show. Even though it's an interview show, it's probably, yes. it's talk. they're talking about one thing every time. And the ones I've been listening to lately that I've been enjoying, and I really do not usually delve into comedy, but sometimes I just need to laugh, are uh, Troll Play. Yes, which are the three Australian comics. Yeah, I do like take, that. Yeah. So the, the premise of that is that each, they're all sort of famous or semi-famous in Australia and they get a lot of, you know, a lot of trolls reach out or comments or send them letters. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes send them snail mail. And they each take, you know, one from the week or one from back in the day and they talk about it and they just make fun of it. And it's hilarious just the, the way that they, you know, they, their their whole thing is like, we're not trying to get down to, you know, explore the psyche of these trolls. We're not trying to bridge the gap and become best friends with the trolls. We're just here to, you know, lighten it because it can be pretty dark if you if you don't make fun of it, you know, because I can't imagine being trolled or having people say mean things to you on the internet. I just, even though it's not face-to-face, it's it's can't it can't be easy. And then the other one that I like is, "Help, I sexted my boss."
3: <laughs> I don't know that one. We,
0: oh, it's a British one, and it's um a guy. A, I think he's a comedian, and he's kind of like, it's like lowbrow and highbrow. So it's like this one guy. I think they're they're childhood friends, two guys, and one is like, I think his job is to. I guess, coach people on etiquette. And, and he is, has been hired by like the royal family. I mean, he's super, super she you know, how to curtsy, how to bow, how to, you know, all that stuff. And then the other guy is a childhood friend who's, you know, drinks in the pub with his friends every Friday night. And, you know, is just sort of a little bit like less refined, I guess is the right word. And the two of them are hilarious. So they get, it's, it's, um, like an advice columnist kind of thing. So they'll get questions from people. And, you know, the whole idea of the title is like, help, I sexted my boss, what do I do now, you know, and so they get advice on how to fix it, or what to do, or should I date my roommate or, you know, stupid things like that. So it's, it's pretty funny. I like that. Yeah, that's
3: fun. Yeah, that's fun. And also, like you said, it has a premise, like there's a point of it. And it's the same thing, sort of, it's the same concept every week. And then, right. But I'm sure the segments are fairly short too. That probably helps.
0: Yeah. I I can't go more than 20, 30 minutes on a podcast. That's funny. I don't know. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Like me after a while.
3: I know. I feel like I I've tried comedy bang bang so many times I've wanted to like it, but I also feel like with something like that, I feel like there's all these inside jokes that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't have time to be that dedicated to listen to something that's two or three hours every week or multiple times a week. I don't know. And I don't know. I just listen to more variety of things. So I don't Mm -hmm. have time to like, if that was the only thing I listened to, then fine. But then I would, then I probably would love it. (laughs) But um, it's like, I don't have the mental capacity to keep up with the inside jokes or the things that are like running week to week. Like we talked about this this before with the true crime stuff. Like it's hard to remember week to week something that you're that you're like oh I know I need to remember this but man my mental load is strong it's heavy so I do not have room in my brain to remember podcast uh week to week serial details
0: yeah and I mean I want to put a call out then I want to put a call out to the pvc listener community if you guys have podcasts that are funny that you would recommend let us know I'll put something out on the facebook group and see if we can get some some recommendations
3: Definitely. I, um, I love another one that I think is really funny that this is not everyone's taste is, um, worst, worst meatball sandwich ever where the hosts do, they read one-star Yelp reviews.
0: They, right. They go back into the Yelp reviews and just make fun of what people said.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like troll play. Like they're kind of like for all the Yelp trollers who are like, and then they, they read them in the voices that they think that people would have. <laughs> so it's, it's so silly. It's like, I guess it's a little bit mean, but <laughs> it yeah. is, it's really funny and you can easily, I don't, they they don't publish um, super frequently, but that's another one where I just feel like, you know, it's just yeah. like super silly. So I like that. Yeah. But yes, we are game. If you have some recommendations, please send them to us. We would love to have them. So. So we're going to wrap up and um, we want to thank you for checking out the playlist this month. Hopefully you have the ability to join an in-person podcast brunch club group. And if not, check us out online and you can engage with us in the, the Facebook community that we have. But I'm sure there's a podcast brunch club near you. And if you don't see one on the list, feel free to start one. It's super easy and it's a great way to meet people. and explore even more podcasts be sure to check out the other episodes we have a couple of interviews this month and we'll talk to you guys next month
0: thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast brunch club podcast don't forget to join the pbc and the audible feast newsletters to find out more about what sarah and i are doing Sarah's got a ton of podcasts on her listen list and gives great recommendations on audiblefeast.com. And the PBC newsletter is the best way to keep up to date on the latest podcast playlist for the month. You can join at podcastbrunchclub.com. Spoiler alert, next month's theme is emotions. So join the newsletter so you can get the episodes as soon as they hit. Thanks. Happy listening.